Hi, welcome to our first episode of STEM Chat. I'm Natalie Z. Drew from the Bay Area, California. And I'm Diana Ng from New York City. Diana and I have known each other for a long time, over 14 years. I used to work for Maker Media and I worked on the craft magazine side of things. And uh, we both have collaborated on projects. And uh, this was a photo from us from 2007. We were wow. making, uh, presenting DIY Halloween costumes on a CBS this morning in uh, New York City. So kind of a blast from the past. Project before we had kids. Yeah. Yeah, before we had kids, we used to talk all the time about fashion and tech and making things, of course. And then um, after we had kids, I have a first grader and a preschooler. And I have a middle schooler, seventh grader. Um, yeah, so then we started texting each other back and forth, talking about kid activities to do, and then lots of STEM. So we thought it would be really neat to start a video series so that we could share our STEM ideas with all of you, and hopefully you could share your STEM ideas with us too, and we could inspire each other. For sure, because right now I think we all know it's a uh, we're in the pandemic right now. A lot of us are staying at home. Remote learning is going on. I know my daughter; her school is all remote learning right now. Um, same for you, right, Diana? My daughter is also doing remote learning. So we thought it'd be fun to uh, put together this video series for you guys where we share um, some of the things where we love and we're doing with our kids and um, things that don't involve a screen. Well, yeah, because they're already getting a lot from remote learning. Exactly. So our first episode is learning through play. And Diana, tell oh, us yeah. more about it. Sorry. Sorry. I'm a big fan of learn through play. So um, I basically feel that when children play, they're able to learn things. Uh, maybe they're learning um, role playing with things and learning socially, or they could also be indirectly learning about math or engineering. And I do feel though that um, some toys help kids learn a little bit better than other toys. So this first episode, I wanted to start off by talking about blocks. I love blocks because they're so simple they can be anything. They're great for open-ended play. For example, this block could be a bed, or a phone, or a sandwich. Whereas the pony is difficult to imagine as anything other than a pony. And this type of block in particular is nice because it introduces children to math while they're playing with it. These proportional unit blocks were developed in 1913 by Carolyn Pratt for a preschool in New York City called City and Country. They're mathematically correct. So two rectangles make a square and two squares make a rectangle. And they're a really great way for children to learn about geometry, fractions, and partitioning shapes. So when you play with these blocks with your kids, do you tell them about these, you know, being equal shapes building on each other? No, I don't really tell them. They kind of figure it out on their own because as they're playing, they line up the blocks um, and they have the way that they have to orient them and put them together. It just winds up being the bigger shape. Like sometimes they'll only have a rectangle and they need another rectangle, but they don't have one. So they'll have to put two squares there instead. So what are your kids making with these blocks? Uh, let's see. So. They're really into making sort of role-playing um, scenes for little figures. Um, so they make like theaters and castles. Um, and then they also like to use tape with the blocks. And so they'll cut up paper and tape it to the blocks or they make, make a little 
phone for themselves or some other little thing to carry around. And we have quite a large collection actually. So sometimes they'll big build some large thing that they can actually climb into like a boat or something. That's really cool. That's opening up their imagination. Yeah, I think they really like it a lot. They are always going back to it and playing unless it gets too messy. So we like the rainbow blocks because there are a lot of sort of tricks you can do with them. Um, you can make marble runs with them when they're turned sideways. You can uh, hit them with a mallet and then each one will play a different tone because they're all different sizes. Um, you can kind of put them together and make um, circles like this and then rock them back and forth. Uh, they're a lot of fun, and if you look them up on YouTube, um, they're made by Grimm's. It's called the Grimm's Rainbow. You'll see all sorts of demos that people have made um, with different things you can do with the rainbow blocks. I wanted to show um, the domino blocks. Can we go to the side-by-side? -side? Yeah. Yeah, so this is a different set of blocks we have. They're also from Grimm's, um, and other companies make the blocks like the rainbow blocks and the domino blocks, too. Um, but I just happen to have the ones from this company. And these are nice because um, they're kind of proportional to each other and my kids like to use them to make decorations on their, uh, I get their like natural wood color blocks. Um, and then they also make domino runs with them. Um, I don't, we just, we have kind of like a whole collection then you can always use them in different ways. And they use all these different kinds of blocks together. They don't just use just the rainbows with the rainbows. They they mix them all together, right? The dominoes, yeah. the city and country blocks, and the the Grimm's rainbow, right? Yeah, and there's all there's other ones you can get too. So um, I'll once in a while add a new thing to our collection, and that's always very exciting. That's so cool that they love it, and and this also is great because you're not relying on screen time to keep them occupied. Their imaginations are are going, and at the same time, they're learning about building, engineering, shapes, um, mathematics through, you know, knowing how many number of blocks to build something, right? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, and it's um, really great for their imagination. And once, this is kind of nice too, because I feel like once they get started on building something with it, they can just keep going and um, they'll play with it for days. Like we still have their castle up that they constructed a few days ago. That's why some of these blocks were missing, actually. The full set goes to here, but I take it out of their castle. That's really cool. Yeah, and then that's something they can keep there and they build it and then they take it down, they build something new again. So it's kind yeah. of nice and it gives you a little break too, because the two yeah. of them, they're occupied together. And yeah. they're building. So you feel good that they're building something fun and unique and using their brains and having fun with their imagination, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so Diana, I have a question for you. How do you uh, set up all these blocks for your kids to play? Because um, you have a lot of blocks there, so I'm just curious. Uh, well, I have them set up on our shelves, and I try to sort of display them so it looks like they're in a toy store, like a little museum, um, so that the kids will feel like they want to go up and grab it off the shelves and play with it on their own. Um, there's a whole thing on Instagram if you look up the hashtag invitation to play where people have all different setups with these blocks. Um, oh, that's cool. Yeah, uh, so I, there's it's um, it's kind of nice to see how other people have done it too. And then on the other side of my shelf, um, on the right side, I do a toy rotation. Um, so And you can see on the lower shelves, I have the um, toys for my younger daughter. And then as the shelves get higher, it's the toys for my older daughter. 
but it's nice because the kids are always excited to go and grab something off the shelf and they just kind of do it on their own and they can keep playing for hours if it's clean. When it gets too messy, then you have to kind of reset and put all the toys back and when it's clean again, they're ready to go. So how often do you rotate some of these things? Like put more, you know, different things in the front. Cause I know when my daughter was younger, sometimes you clean up the room and they're like, Oh my God, I forgot about this. You know, like they find there there's something's new again. You know, how often do you rotate things around? I usually wait until they seem bored and aren't going up to grab things off the shelf and play on their own. Or they say, Oh, I'm bored. I have nothing to play with. And then I think, Oh, time to do the toy rotation again. That's cool. How, how long do you think that usually is like a few weeks? Or? Oh, um, so it depends on the toy. Some toys are more interesting than others. Um, it can be, usually we last at least two weeks, but I, if it's like a new, really exciting toy, it could be up there for a month. Oh, that's cool. Very cool. So that's a great tip for all of us at home right now. Um, let me show you some of the stuff, uh, we've been doing. So uh, Diana and you kind of got us into origami. We've done some before, but uh, my daughter and I, my daughter is 11, almost 12. And so we spent a lot of time um, folding and doing crafts at the dining room table. We didn't really have any, you know, parties or anything going on. So the dining room table kind of became the hub for activities, uh, mostly crafts or puzzles. And so my daughter loved um, doing her little origami there. Uh, we also, I'll go back one. On the kitchen table, sometimes we have a heated game of Blockus, and this is a really fun game. And it also brings up great counting and spatial skills for kids. Um, it's fun for the whole family. I'd say from probably like four to, you know, 100. Um, my mom, who's 80, comes and plays with us, and they, we all love it. So basically, you have to fill up with your colors, um, fill up, use up as much as your, your pieces as you can, but there's a strategy to it because you have to, you know, count the right uh, shapes and they're all like different, kind of, you know, it's almost like a Tetris, but in a, in a board game. So we've been doing that a lot. Um, and then my daughter had gotten this Harry Potter um, 3D puzzle of Ron's house. It took probably about two months to build because we would do it on and off and sometimes we would help her, but, um, the end result is great. And I thought like 3D puzzles are such a great um, thing for older kids because maybe they're getting kind of bored with just everything flat and doing like a thousand pieces. But um, even on Amazon, you could search up. It's not just Harry Potter. You could build like, you know, Empire State Building or, or anything else. So there's a bunch of 3D puzzles and I think they're super fun and really give kids that kind of 3D spatial sense of building stuff. Okay, so now that we've kind of shared with you about um, how we've been sheltering at home and having little activities at home, I think one of the things we're enjoying right now is getting outside and you can learn so much about STEM right outside your door, right, Diana? It's true. We've been going on little walks a lot. Yeah, so, yeah my daughter and I have two. And um, let me show you this really quick. Let me share. Okay. Uh, we enjoy looking at nature and she loves plants and we she always wonders what the names of plants are so this is app called seek and you can put it on your phone or your ipad and you roll over any plant or even insect um she also takes photos of the plants with her instant camera and so we she created a little journal where she you know displays her photos she's taken of, of nature around us and then she decided to focus on the red hot poker plant that we see all the time and she put little facts about the plant around there and it's something fun for her to do, you know, over the course of a week. 
we found we loved it. You know, and now it's like, let's find the next plant we're going to talk about. Or even we can roll over and look at insects and find out what the names of the insects are. But it's just a quick little fun way to like um, learn about plants and botany. That's so nice. And she's going to have a really nice notebook at the end yeah. of this to look back at. Yes. And so speaking of which, um, let me find the images. Uh, my uh, One of my good friends, she also has a middle schooler and was wondering what to do with... Um, with her girls and her daughter also had a also had a um, instant camera. So she took a photo of a sunflower she saw on one of her walks and decided to paint it. So I love that there's variation and you don't have to take it so literally just whatever your kids enjoy to do, painting, drawing, sketching, um, what have you. Um, and also just even looking back what you mentioned about having looked back, this is my daughter's like sketchbook from 2018 and just all the nature we have around us little lizards and little bugs and um she was inspired by the squirrel napkin we had and uh just kind of used that as centerpiece and then wrote little facts about things that she saw so it's kind of like nice to look back on that was two years ago and we kind of think oh wow look how far she's grown but it's definitely something we can do in the pandemic that sort of um takes kids away from so much screen time yeah, that's right. And also encourages them to out explore the outdoors. Yes. And there's inspiration so, in nature. So much nature and science out there. It's just so yeah. fun. So what about you, Diana? What have you been doing? Uh, well, we've been going on sort of STEM hikes looking for rocks. We're kind of like um, junior rock hounders now. And I have my daughter's rock hounding backpack. Um, she carries it whenever we go out hiking. And um, and I think it makes it kind of a more exciting hike. She like puts it on and runs around in it. Um, let me show you what's inside. And she collects the rocks and put them in the backpack? Yeah, so um, we actually went on a hike today earlier. And so these are her rocks. She usually has more, um, the other day she had like a giant rock and I think it made her backpack weigh like 20 pounds and she still made the whole hike back. She wanted to use it as a bookend for her school books. Oh, cool. Um, let's see. And so also inside, um, she has a little bottle of water and a toothbrush so that she can um, kind of scrub the rocks. A lot of times they're, you know, we're hiking and so some of them are kind of stuck in the trail. So she'll kind of clean off the top to see if she wants to take it with her and like actually uh, scoop it out of the dirt. And for that, we have some um, bamboo skewers and she actually, I didn't realize, but it's a lot of work. You have to kind of like scrape out the rock sometimes. They're not all just sitting on the surface um, and then kind of like pry it out. But I think she has a lot of fun doing that with her younger sister. That's um, cool. She has a lot of tenacity to do that, to find out and wash and scrub, teaching them how to like sort of be little archeologists in a way, right? Yeah, yeah, I think she wants to be um, a geologist or something when she grows up now, because she's been talking about owning her own rock store. Oh, that's so cool. And I have to, let me find um, it. I have a picture of some of our finds from one of our hikes. Um, oh, here it is. So these are some rocks that we found when we were hiking in the Hudson Valley area. And this is kind of our rock cleaning setup. Although we've kind of gotten more into it. And so I just let them have at it in the bathroom sink now. Um, but we have all sorts of scrubbers and a magnifying glass and we use a little bit of soap and we clean our rocks up and um, I can show you what they look like when they're clean. So here are our rocks all cleaned off and I believe we found some quartz 
uh, it's super common in our area. Uh, and I think that this is a piece of feldspar. Um, I really am not sure I just identified it based on YouTube videos of rocks in our area and the rock hand book, but it looks like it might be. It's beautiful. Thank you. Um, this piece also has a little bit of feldspar in it. Right over there, it's the white part. And I think when the rocks are um, broken, it has kind of like a flat cleavage on one side. And then I believe over here, this is a piece of mica schist. And also not quite sure that I'm saying that correctly. I thought it was mica, but it's actually very hard and you can't peel it off. And then this piece was really interesting. I think it's also a piece of mica schist, but the little red parts, I believe, are garnets, which are very common in our area as well. So that was kind of exciting to find. And we were looking at it in the pocket microscope too. And I believe all of these um, pieces of mica schist, they all have little tiny red spots that look like they might be garnets. Now this one, I have no idea what this is. So if anyone could tell us in the comments, that would be really awesome. My kids would be so excited. I thought it was a piece of mica, but it's also very hard um, and it doesn't peel at all. And it's a little bit glassy looking. That's cool. Cause I think, I don't think I've ever really noticed rocks, but knowing that you can just clean them off and find all this is pretty interesting. We're yeah, try this one too. Um, it's so funny because when we found them, they were so dirty. They really just looked like regular rocks. Like we saw that it was a bit sparkly. Um, and then when we cleaned it off, they came out much better looking than we thought they would. Yeah, it's amazing. And how did you know that what rocks and were in your area? Did you have to look it up or? Yes. So I, we found these first and um, thought that they were really neat. And then we were trying to figure out what they were. Um, so that it turns out that the Feldspar and quartz are very common in our area, and so are garnets. Garnet is the New York State rock. Oh, um, okay. Yeah, so I just I just did a Google search about it, and I wound up buying the New York Rock Field Guide handbook. But it's a little bit difficult to use because it's just one photograph, whereas now on Google you can watch YouTube videos of people finding and identifying the rocks, so you can see them turning the rocks around. It's a little easier. At the end of each episode, we'd like to share some of our favorite things. And while we're on the topic of rocks, I'd like to share our new rock tumbler that we just got in the mail. Ooh, super cool. Yeah, we're super excited. The whole process takes about four weeks. So I'm going to take some photos and make some video clips as we progress and share them back here. Um, here's our rock tumbler. It's very heavy and very large. And wow. Open it up. Um, this is the tumbler down here. And this is the barrel, the rocks go in here. And these are all of the different uh, abrasives and polishes. So there's um, four jars and I think you do one jar for each week. I'm not exactly sure how to read the instructions. Very cool. Can't wait to see the progress. Me too. Okay, so one of my picks for this episode is this National Geographic uh, Make This Book. And it's filled with different projects that um, kids can make inside or outdoor at home. Uh, covers everything. Usually the stuff you need is just the stuff you have in your house, which I love. So this is a really fun project book. If you don't have ideas on what to do, you can even have your kids pick what project they want to make out of here too. My daughter checked this book out from her school library about rocks, of course. And I really like it a lot. There are a lot of beautiful full color illustrations. And they do a nice job explaining things to children in the book. Um, there's this rock cycle and 
they have a nice comparison with melted crayons. They tell you about rock hounding, and this was the inspiration for my daughter's little rock hounding backpack. It's just a really nice book. My next book is a good pick for older girls. Um, it's from my friend, Terry David. It's a new book that's just came out. I have one of the review copies and um, I've reviewed it on Adafruit and include um, one of the projects from the book. Um, but this is a novel. Um, it's good for girls uh, eight to 12. And um, which she is also the co-founder of the Renegade Girls Tinkering Club in San Francisco. And so she saw that she wanted something for girls that when they were too old to be anymore in the club to, to go on to this, this new book series. And it's such a fun read. I've been, I'm halfway through the book right now, I'm almost done, but it's such a fun read and it really inspires um, girls and boys. I think it's just such a fun adventure story. Um, but what's really cool is her background's in 3D uh, art. So she's actually drawn like little fun projects that kids can make, like this is a, secret message kit that kids can make and it's in a comic book style. So um, we'll have one of the projects up on the Adafruit blog for you to see. Oh, that's great. I like how it's a story and has instructions for how to make things. And lastly, here's something that I wanna share with my daughters, all these DK little uh, pocket genius books. It's really cool for small hands. Um, you know, talks about space here, but my daughter loved dinosaurs. And so we found one of these in space and she had little tab bookmarks for all the things she, all the dinosaurs she loved. And I told this to Diana. Yes, and then we bought them too. Of course, we bought the rock and minerals one and we bought the dinosaurs one because my toddler is really into dinosaurs. Yeah, see that's, it's so fun and it's so good for little hands, right? Don't yeah, you like it for little Yeah, and they can carry it around and kind of like go in a cozy corner and flip through. So it's very nice. Yes, well, and didn't you buy some of these for like a birthday party? Oh yes. yeah, I did. actually um, my toddler had a Zoom dinosaur themed birthday party. So I bought these and mailed them out as the party favor. And I think it'll yeah. be nice because they can enjoy it as they get older. Yes, definitely. So that wraps up our first episode. Thank you so much for joining us. And if you make anything in this episode, please comment below and let us know. We'd love to see it. Or if you're making anything cool and interesting that you think we should know about, we would love to hear it. Thanks for joining us. See you next time. Bye. Bye.